Welcome to Women's Lax World. Our content focuses on all things women's lacrosse. We believe this sport, and specifically women's lacrosse, is the best and has so much talent, fun, and creativity, and there's not enough coverage. So we're talking about it. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to Women's Lax World, Season 1, Episode 6. We're already to Episode 6. Welcome back to us. We had a nice bye week. We're back and we're going to jump right in it. This is Sylvia Queener speaking. If you're listening to the podcast and we have, as always, Bryce Queener with us, we are representing the states of California and Colorado when you're coming to you live from Zoom. All right, so we're going to start with ACC and I'm going to go through some scores going back from Friday, March 26th to Wednesday, April 7th. So we had Virginia 15, JMU 12. BC 14, Louisville 13, that was an overtime game. UNC 18, Mercer 3, Cuse 17, Virginia Tech 10, Boston College 18, Louisville 3, Notre Dame 13, Duke 9, Louisville 13, Virginia Tech 9, BC 17, Duke 15, Notre Dame 12, Virginia 10, North Carolina 17, Syracuse 6, and then the final game in the ACC in that time frame was Syracuse 15, Georgetown 10. All right. So, you know, obviously the most anticipated game out of that, I think, is obviously and was North Carolina and the Syracuse matchup. Um, out of those scores, Bryce, did anything jump out that you that you remembered and wanted to chat about or any any of those scores speak to you? Well, before we get into the Cuse Carolina, which was the one versus two, and we got thoughts on that. But just the, the Louisville Boston College, the fact that they were able to get, you know, Louisville at that time had won an ACC game, I think three, four years. They ended up winning the next matchup, not Boston College, but just so they get the OT one. And then the fact that BC then the next day kind of had that big win. It surprised me. I heard a couple other people kind of say they thought that was going to happen, but. That surprised me. Louisville's been playing tough all year, and Boston College starting to figure it out um, as far as that offense keeps keeps seemingly getting better. So that stuff was good. Um, what else jumped out to you before we jump into that Cuse Carolina matchup? I I also really you know I love the I wa- I posted a lot about it. I watched that first Louisville BC game, and then I just didn't watch the second one because I thought it was going to be a blowout. Um, but what I what I really loved was just seeing, you know, Coach Teeter and his mind and his game plan kind of be beautifully executed. And they were just so excited. So I posted a lot of goals and they were so excited. I think Blaylock face guarding Charlotte North was unbelievable. I was disappointed at the end because she just kind of juked in, popped out and was wide open. So I don't know if she tried that earlier in the game. She would have been open more. Um, but I really enjoyed too the next game that just, you know, Jen Medjid has been awesome all season. And I think her getting those nine goals and, and then Urbank playing well at, at their next game too. I think their attackers are really starting to step up and they're becoming a unit. And I think it was also just super cool to see Charlotte North just really contribute on the draws and then step up when she needed to. Um, and then another game that I really liked was the Duke BC game. I thought it was super close. It was back and forth. I think Duke has a ton of fight. Their record, you know, isn't the best right now, but they're in the ACC. And I, you know, I just, I just think they've had a lot of hard fought games and they're really, really good. And they're a full team. So I really enjoyed that game. I think, you know, BC and then back and forth, they only, you know, BC won by two and Charlotte North had six goals, but it was just a really, really exciting matchup for me. And then, you know, some so not- notables I had was there's just been so many offensive threats this year in the Big Ten and the ACC. And so there was nine different goal scorers for Notre Dame and their four goal win over Duke. And then Duke had seven different goal scorers. And that one, too, was an awesome back and forth. And then there was eight different goal scorers for Boston College, for Boston College and their two goal win over Duke. And Duke had seven. Um, and so I just wow. think. It's And you're seeing that time and time again. I'm looking at these stats all the time. I'm going back. You're just seeing more and more offensive players contribute. And that's just really fun and hard to defend. The scores are higher. 
Um, and this time of year, as the weather gets better, I always say as an offensive coach, but it's, it's definitely true. As the weather gets nicer and you've played, you know, for a couple months. And this season we've talked about on the show, it's going to be different because a lot of teams didn't have fall ball or they had a limited fall ball. And so now the skills are getting to where they used to be and the warmer weather helps. Um, and then when you add in the shot clock, I think that's where you're talking about where you need multiple layers of scorers now to be able to compete. And um, in the past, we might have had a couple. You just mentioned six, seven, eight. You need six, seven, eight multiple scorers in your lineup to be to, to do well. And I know that you and I and most people that we know, that's the style of lacrosse you like to watch play anyways. You like to see yep. a ton of people get involved. There's only one ball. But, you know, the more you can find your teammates and, and find some patterns and dodge, move, move, the ball um, is more fun style to play. So I've definitely noticed that as well um, in the ACC. Did you watch? Did you get up early for you? I know for me, I think it was 9 a.m. here. So it was 8 a.m. your time. Did you, was the alarm, what time did the alarm go off for you to watch Q's Carolina? Yeah, I, I woke up at 7 a.m., walked the dogs, <laughs> and then watched the game. Yeah. And there's been a couple of those. And I was actually really thankful that it was an early game because I had an 11 a.m. virtual meeting with my team. So that worked out beautifully. So it's like I was watching that and then also put my team in in breakout rooms and also watching more lacrosse while I was multitasking (laughs) with my team. Um, But yeah, I got to watch that. And and, you know, you went. Yeah. Coaching through COVID, you got to just, you know, keep, keep being creative. But as we're talking about goal scorers. UNC had seven different goal scorers. So that was a super high number. And at one point, I think I tweeted it where almost all of their goals were assisted. And that's just been a continuing trend for them. But, you know, it's like Jamie Ortega had five goals, three assists to just, that's a standout performance. And that's just. I tweeted it. I'm sure you saw, you follow me on Twitter. Um, (laughs) But I tweeted it. I just don't think she gets enough respects. Top of it says that. The old Rodney Dangerfield. She doesn't get any hype. Hype. Hype would definitely be more the word. You know what I mean? Like, I think because she's so substantial and she's pure substance. And and I wonder, because they got the other kid down there on attack, Hogue, that gets all, because as a, well, she's all-time leading scorer, right? Quite possibly the best feeder of all time. I mean, I think she is. Uh, You know, so Hogue went three and four. I think Mastriani doesn't get enough credit. Yeah. And she is a stud midfielder and you know to me and I tweeted this and I think um I think it was retweeted and Marie McCool said she was the most underrated player is she to me was the spark plug and was the difference in that game you know Syracuse was up four to one and you just see her immediately get draw controls immediately change the momentum of the game you know she went two and two she had seven draw controls and she just ignited everyone else kind of to get on her intensity and her level and then, you know, Scotty Rose Grani has been really great this year and she had, she had four goals, but you know, UNCD led cause turnovers in the game. And this was an impressive stat. They had 12 cause turnovers. Syracuse only had two and Emma Trenchard led with three. And um, obviously Taylor Marino had a great game and she had 11 saves. So, well, you know, we, we talk about the offense and our cousin Bradley Voigt, Bubba Voigt um, plays in the ML, no PLL. Now they've merged pro lacrosse player played Q's. I, he called me the other day and he loved the UNC defense and he's a lefty goal scoring attackman. And he's like, man, that watching them is the one check. He, we both kind of were replaying it to each other. He's like, she checked the ball and jumped up one handed it. And then went in the fast break and then passed it. And um, he's like, it's so fun to watch, but there's, so the defense you're saying stood out. I've been saying for weeks, nobody scored 10 on them. When, when Q's went up four, one, I was about to tweet, looks like somebody's going to get 10 on UNC, and then they didn't. Um, but the one other thing I want to point out, you know, the defense has been great. The offensive players, like you were just mentioning, I found this account, uh, Lacrosse Reference, online, and they put out a stat tonight that I really like. I, you know, it's a hard one. Coach Yurik, when I was first coaching at Georgetown back in 2006, told me uh, one of our best scorers, he's like, hey, the, the thing we got to keep track of always is the plus minus. I, I mean, how many times do we let them throw it away versus points and are they helping you or hurting you? Because, you know, some players don't have the best plus minus, 
Um, so they said I calculate individuals. So they calculate individual turnover rate takes a player's game, the turnovers, the game rate, and adjust it to account for their usage rate. So basically, who turns it over the least amount in the country? Um, yeah. and, has, and has a high usage, not like somebody just went in the game. Yeah. Um, and Taryn Olmer's won, so that means she's the most productive player with the least amount of turnovers. Which is impressive because she's their number one feeder. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's unbelievable. Uh, that's unbelievable. Yeah, because, yeah, you know, everybody wants to have a feeder, but if they throw the ball away all the time, it's kind of – It goes, it goes against the feeder, even though sometimes it's like, you should have caught that ball. That should be against the person who didn't catch it. But I'm sure, yeah, and I don't know. I just started – DMing with the person that runs this site um, because I like some of the stuff they're doing. Uh, but the next three is Katie Hoax, Guy Rosgrani, and Jane Ortega um, as the three lowest turnover to, to production ratio. So that's a cool website. They got a lot of stuff on there. Um, I don't, I want to delve into how they're statting it more. But if you follow the NBA, and you know, if you follow me on Twitter, I do. So um, they've been into advanced stats for a while. Uh, I love stats and I don't think they tell the whole story always, but they give, they give you some sort of, some sort of story. Do you follow that site? Yeah, I think it's super cool. Um, stats for me is overwhelming. So I like when other people do the majority of the work, I just, you know, again, I've tweeted a couple of times, stats don't always tell the story of the game. And I love when that happens because most of the time it really does. I mean, most of the time you can find the disparity. You can look at draw controls or ground balls or cause turnovers and you know, oftentimes sometimes the draws like really mirror the score but there's been time and time again this season where that hasn't been the case and so I think it's super exciting to look at that and I was always fascinated too by who gets the turnover versus can that be a little bit more subjective in the future like again it's like if the feeder puts it right on the stick and they drop it why is the feeder getting the turnover and not the person receiving that pass um I think they try to make it as flat as possible yeah, and it's one of those things that we we tweet about and stuff like, you know, if we can't get, you know, our own administrators sometimes. And again, I, I put out a, um, an asterisk tweet or a re- like, hey, I'm not talking about Denver. I'm at a place where, where that values lacrosse. So I now feel like I can talk about programs that I've been at that don't value it. And I don't like to use their names. But when it starts at the top, it, it usually the people doing their stats for the games are having such a hard time even figuring anything out trying to figure out whose turnover would be. It's a big ask, but hey, that's what we're here for to do is keep keep asking good questions and push push the envelope on things. Yeah, I, I, I'm into it. There's so, well, there's so many new accounts opening up too, so many new podcasts. So many people are really paying attention to women's lacrosse right now. And, you know, a there's lot of that like is- podcasts that have started this season. This season. I mean, there's so much going on. But yeah. back to uh, Jamie Ortega, I just want to say right now, yeah. you know, for me- it's tough this year because there's so many players that are back, you know, there's so much talent. I feel like Jamie Ortega right now for me is the front runner for the Torton. I think that she is unbelievable, but I think right tied or right behind her is Izzy Skane. And I'm having a hard time trying to figure out who's better. (laughs) So I am hoping for a matchup between those two teams, but I think, you know, it's, it's an unbelievable season. I think there's so many people, I think, you know, there's tons of middies, defenders, goalies, everyone this year, there's, there's a long list yeah, right one now. Of the, one of the really cool things about Toroton is that it does, the vote does take place after the championship game. And I've heard yeah. people complain about this, but in other sports, it's the reverse complaint. Like the Heisman takes place before the national championship. So another, I, I forget how every sport works, but um so we, we will get that matchup we'll, we'll hopefully hopefully i was texting with somebody today um after that hopkins game you were posting the highlights about you know we were texting about that game and they were like i just can't wait to watch northwestern unc They're like and it's so funny because we all want to see cuse unc Side, one more point i want to make out make about the cuse game yeah i think you know cuse showed some good things if they're gonna beat unc it's going to be in a tournament. It's not going to be a regular season yeah. game early morning at UNC you know, to, to be, to be as good as they are. I don't think they're losing at home this time of the year. Um, that's my thoughts. I, I don't yeah. think, it, I don't think you got to freak out. If you choose. No, not at all. And I, they did not play their best game. I think, you know, you got to see moments too of Megan Tyrell just keep stepping up and getting better and better and better. I think Gary and, 
and the offensive minds need to put more systems in, you know, I love the weave. They try to attack it a little bit differently, but not directly from X. I think, I think they have a lot more and I think they're going to develop some more systems now because of that. I think that was a great, that's a, that's an essential loss for them to really get back up. And, and then I think, you know, for me, and I said this, their, their defense just was not as tenacious as they usually are. And I think they were playing a little bit safe. And I think, you know, they're going to watch film and see that they weren't stretching out as much. Obviously it's challenging against UNC. They weren't clearing the ball. They weren't pushing as much. And I think they just, you know, they, they didn't play a great game. I think UNC played a phenomenal game and I'm just, I'm excited for the rematch too. I think, and I think you're absolutely right. It's like, if they are going to win, I don't, it's not in that regular season game. No. All right. What other conferences are we talking about? Today? Yeah, we got big 10. Big so we 10. got um, Friday, March 26th to Wednesday, April 7th scores. We had Ohio state 15, Penn state 12, Northwestern 25, Maryland 12, Ohio state 11, Penn state nine, Northwestern 20, Maryland 10. No, it was seven seven at halftime of this game johns hopkins 13 penn state 10. all right so in that northwestern that second matchup that second game it was 2010 but it was a seven seven half score northwestern won the draws 21 to 10. izzy skein had her five goals in the second half and jill giardi had 22 draw controls in the entire double header so i mean they just absolutely dominated on the draw um and then obviously too it's like you know Ohio State swept Penn State. I think, wow, you know that was a wow that's moment. That's a, that's a shocker for me. Going that was a wow. Yeah, that's a wow. But phenomenal. Um, Congrats, you know, and Congrats. I guys. And then you had another end of the spectrum, kind of where it was just double digit wow, with Maryland over. I mean, Northwestern over Maryland. And I, I tweeted about this too. The last time Northwestern played Maryland, they lost 25 to 13. And that was, you know, in the NCAAs. Can you imagine scoring 25 on Maryland? I mean, it's like, that's unheard of. And we've talked about it on the show and I'm looking at Maryland's, Maryland's schedule as we're speaking. I mean, they're still a dominant program. Like they're, yeah, they are possibly the greatest women's lacrosse program of all time. and you know, it's just shocking to me. And I have to put it on as a coach. I'm like, I got to go watch that game because I got to see what happened. I got it, it, like, how are you scoring 25 goals against Maryland? Um, just, I mean, that that's Northwestern's impressive. Um, They've been it, relentless all season too. They just do not, they do not pump the brakes. They don't even have brakes. They just, <laughs> they have swagger. It's on, they're just a train. They're just straightforward. Um, you know, so and the most, the most recent one, obviously it was today, um, you know, April 7th, Johns Hopkins, 13 Penn state 10. And something that's fun, you know, after these scores, it's Johns Hopkins swept Ohio state, Ohio state then swept Penn state. And now Johns Hopkins, um, you know, after a 26 day hiatus from games has beaten Penn state. It's a, just a fun circle of lacks. I think that's the the COVID chaos potentially. It's also oh, just yeah. bless you. Yeah. It's also that. I think just how much better these programs are getting, how much talent is in the conference. You know, coaching staff changes. It's a lot. The, um, COVID, but just, the COVID chaos. All I gotta say is the Big Ten's gotta be dying to play somebody else. They gotta be dying to see another jersey at this point. But you're right. At least, at least it's good lacrosse. They're playing bunch of programs that put a lot of resources into into the game and uh you're right they have full, full coaching staffs great facilities they want to win um a lot of these programs have gone through recent changes to get new coaches in to get more wins so um it's it's fascinating to watch do you think anybody's gonna be able to beat northwestern in the big Ten? or is that so they're gonna go into the well I'm looking right now I'm on their schedule. So they got at Ohio State versus Michigan. So they don't – I don't know if they're going another round with Maryland. Um, so that's all they got left. Wow. Yeah, they already they already claimed their share for Big Ten regular Sorry, season champs, early. which is – That was early. Was like, which is the that, first – I guess like the first time in their program. I saw that Instagram. Yeah. yeah. I was like, Oof, wow, okay. I mean, that's yeah. dominant, right? Um. I, yes, I, I think everyone's beatable. Well, you know, do I think Sylvia, are they not doing a Big Ten tournament? We got to. 
we got to get a producer so they could toss in our ear right now. So I'm looking at the schedule. They must be doing a big time tournament. But that I means feel like they must. I feel like right. they must, but it's not there, right? Go to. Are you on Big Ten or I'm on, on their individual? Website, yeah, I'm on. I'm on. I'm on bunch. Um, well, we'll have to look that up for next time. But yeah, and then um, you could have that on your on your team schedule too. You know, on that segment. But maybe they were waiting for that decision. But um, anyways, so if they have one or if they don't have one, do you think they could? They're going to lose in conference. I think they can. I think anyone yeah. can lose this year yeah. and any year. I do think it's fun. Um, I think, you know, the best teams ever can be beaten. You know, the Giants beat the Patriots to win the Super Bowl. So. Come on. Undefeated Patriots. <laughs> undefeated, undefeated Patriots. Yeah. 20, what was it? 24 and one giant loss. What was it? The number? It was lower than that, but I just like the one giant loss, but um, you know, and I wrote it up. So it's like just some stats. Johns Hopkins led 16 to nine on draw controls. Yeah. For today's game, Shelby Harrison with eight. And um, also a fun stat, just like UNC versus Cuse in this Johns Hopkins Penn State game. Um, Hopkins had 15 cost turnovers to the three cost turnovers Penn State had. So that is a huge wow. 15 difference. To three? 15 to three on cost turnovers. So it's Annika Meyer had five for now, Johns I Hopkins. I didn't watch the game live. I watched your highlights posted on yeah. Mount Viking today. And I got to tell you, you're doing a great job with this. It's my favorite Instagram account for, for these reasons. Like, yeah. you know, the, the you just, I, I got to see the players on Hopkins going off. And then I'm like, oh, then you post the Penn State player scoring. I'm like, are they coming back? And it's just a fun way for me to, to see the highlights. But um, were they both playing man? Like, how did the, what, what or was one in traffic? Yeah. Like, no, they were playing. They- I mean, they were playing man. And I just, they were, you know, they were also just like, Penn state didn't play their best game and they just could not find chemistry. They didn't have yeah. connections on offense, but, but you, I mean, Hopkins was doing such a good job with their stick placement and they kept knocking down passes, causing those turnovers, getting ground balls. They were packing a little bit more. I haven't seen them play a ton. So they sure. were, and they haven't played in 26 days. I think it was. So they, I feel oh, like they, they just, no, they hadn't played a game and they had a, a huge break. Yeah, I wow. think that's what Dana, you know, Dana Boy on the broadcast said. And there was, you know, so many postponements and things like that. So, yeah. I mean, I'm just guessing, you know, Cookie is in there and, you know, went to Johns Hopkins and is just turning, turning them into just some studly defensive work. Um, that's, I don't know if that's actually happening, but, you know, Trinity McPherson. She's coaching the offense. I was like, can she coach both? Tara, Tara's coaching the defense, and Tara used to coach university. Well, Tara, for Tara, Tara is a stud. Then, yeah, Tara's a good, really good coach. They got great. They got great coaching staff. Fun camp coaches. Um, so, okay, I did some research here. So, North, there is a Big Ten tournament. It's not okay. on Northwestern's website. It's on Michigan's. Um, but there's a huge gap, though. Northwestern's gonna. They're gonna have their last game is April 18th against Michigan. And then the first round of the big 10 is 11 days later on the 29th. So they're gonna have 11 days off. I mean, these breaks this season are hard for teams. And we talked about four on the show. I forget who we were talking about today in the office. They played 13 games. We're about to play like our, our seventh or eighth game this weekend and our first road trip. And these are like some teams have played more games. It's definitely an advantage this season. Right. UNC has played 11 Northwestern's played nine. And that's been fun, too, because it's like looking up at stats and trying to figure out things like that. So it's like Izzy Skeins had 70 points on nine games. Yeah. And I think Jamie Ortega's had 65 on 11. But it's just, it's just. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely it's definitely an interesting year for it. That happened to college football, too. The, the, I mean, Ohio State and Michigan, like playing five games only. Other teams played nine or ten. So you can definitely still be successful, but uh, different challenges. Um, that all it for the Big Ten? Um, I had more stats for that game, but that's good. I sure. obviously shout out to uh, you know, Aurora accordingly had Amen. just I mean, just an unbelievable game. You know, she had three cause turnovers on the attacking end, and then she led the game offensively with six goals. And then, you know, for Penn State, Marie Off has been awesome all year, but she entered this the stats game a little late you know, in the second half, but she scored three goals in three minutes and 27 seconds to give Penn State some fire and, you know, a little bit of hope at the end. Um, But I mean, just a phenomenal game. It was back and forth. It was exciting. But I think 
you know, Johns Hopkins basically with the last five minutes of that first half kind of just dominated the game. And it was pretty clear that they were going to win. They just really controlled the game. So that was super cool. And most of the second half, they led by at least five. And then just from the big 10 overall from these games, some single player, single player shout outs, Chloe Johnson from Ohio state had 19 draw controls in their sweep over Penn state on the weekend. And they led draws as a team, 19, a lot of draws. They led as a team 19 to 10 and 19 to three. So I think 19 to three. Penn State, you know, and they they lost a lot. They lost they lost sixteen to nine on the draws today. So I really think they're going to be really working on draws, working on ground balls, working on momentum and things like that. But you know, other players, Izzy Skane had fourteen goals and three assists in two games. Yeah, she scored hundred goals a game. Does um, Lauren, <laughs> Lauren Gilbert had eight goals, one assist on the weekend for their play. Um, and then Sammy Sammy Mueller had seven goals and one assist. And then. You know, for Big Ten, Izzy got Offensive Player of the Week for the fourth time this season, um, which is impressive. Chloe Johnson received the Midfielder of the Week, and Jillian Rizzo earned the Defensive Player of the Week for her impressive play against Penn State. And then Kristen O'Neill of Penn State earned Freshman of the Week her fourth time receiving this honor as well. So just a lot of a lot of names, a lot of talent. And then moving on, other scores that stood out for me. Earlier this week, it was Loyola 15, Lehigh 11. Yeah, I think, you know, when I saw it. surprised. I watched I watched a lot of the game. Um, there was obviously, it was really exciting. It was a good game. I, it was just something where I was scrolling. I saw someone tweet about it and I went and watched it. Got some good clips from it. I think, you know, I've been following Lehigh just because I really love their Instagram, social media. They do a good job with videography, with hyping up their team. It does make a big difference. I think the players feel special when that happens as well, like obviously. And then, you know, they step up and they play better. And then today's score, Drexel 17, Navy 8. Yeah, Drexel, from if you go back to last year, because we had him on the schedule last year, so you're watching. We didn't end up – it was COVID, spring break is when we were supposed to play him, so we just missed out on playing him. But – you started watching, I forget who it was last year, but like you were like, oh, this is going to be a really good game. Like they, their scores last year were impressive. And then this year they've been, they've been really good. So I actually haven't seen them play live. I've just followed their scores. Have you been able to see the Dragons live? Um, just once, just once. once? So I'm trying yeah. to watch them. I really want to go back and watch and watch some. I think um, they are it, 9 it's just, one right now. Yeah, really impressive, really impressive scores. Yeah, -hmm. and I think that that this is a nice statement score and bouncing back from the the, from the Loyola loss. And I think their coach went to Loyola, Drexel coach. I think I feel like I saw it on Instagram. Um, So I just think that's a huge statement. They've obviously built and done a really good job. So I I'm excited to watch more of them and see you know see how they flourish. Dragons. They've had a, a strong upstate presence in that program since it's begun. Dragons, what a cool, what a cool. Uh, I would love to be the dragons. It is a cool, it is a cool uh, logo. It's not a cool field if you've ever played there. Um, have you done that? Have you played it? It, it, no. Yeah. It's one of those fields you might you might find stuff on from the neighborhood. You're like, oh, this shouldn't be here. Um <laughs> it's a tough, it's a tough spot down. Um of course, when I, the one time I coached here, we lost three to two, and it was like, yeah, three degrees out. That's why three to like, two. Wow. Yeah, it was a men's game, but I was like, yeah, I don't, man. This Northeast coaching is tough. It is tough. Definitely. It's like very cold. So cold. And not much sun. That is the difference. You know, you can deal with snow that. and cold if the sun's out. Um. All right. So my big stick energy award of the of the week goes to the UNC defensive unit. Okay. which of course includes the studly midfielders, defenders, and Taylor, the tremendous. So that was just unbelievable. I've been impressed, obviously, all year. We've talked about it a million times. The most goals that have been scored on them this season was nine, which was BC. And then the closest score they've had is 11 to five. So just, I mean, the, the numbers don't lie, and that's just super impressive. So congrats to UNC and their D unit. It's impressive. And you find these stats about the cost turnovers of teams and the disparities. And it's a really fun way to play the game to, to get after it on the defensive end. And, and, you know, I think there's some coaches 
you think you got to sit in, you don't take any chances, and there's some that go after it. And um, that's what you're seeing there. The lax talk about it. I'm bringing it out. Bring it. Bring it. Let's talk about it. Real quick one this week. Your social media team's got to be strong. I'm going to give a shout out to the Boston College. And who sends me? Britt. The Britt Reed sent it to me on DM. I technically tweeted it and you just didn't see it. I looked and I had you because I looked on the Instagram story. I was like, oh, so oh, I tweeted it. That. Okay. Because I'd send it I didn't to Instagram after. it. So thank you, Britt, for sending that to Bryce. We told her she's like, I can hear you. Like, because I do that practice sometimes and play score goals like that. But Charlotte Norris, I don't remember the original meme. Do you of that? I have heard it before. I'm not, I'm not on TikTok. <laughs> it's so funny, but I don't remember what the original one was. Was it originally on Vine? Was it on TikTok? Was it on just a YouTube that, video? That's the thing. It's like my original might not be the original. Like when I thought right. Annie Lennox saying take me to the river i didn't realize I was talking head song right like turns out the annie lennox album that we grew up it's on all covers all covers yes but i didn't know that I was like nine no one told me that's so, so random i was i was texting sarah about that and she did not realize it was covers. i love that album i love that album but i got in a fight with people in college i was like no this is not a talking head song this is an annie lennox song and they're like what is wrong with you who you listen to annie lennox so um yeah but with that, I don't know where it's originally from, but let's talk about it. Your social media, we pointed out on every show, is so important. And it's cool seeing seeing the teams compete and take it to the next level and stuff. Um, so that's exciting. I, I, I'm going to watch that 100 more times, I think. And it's not only for the growth of the game, because obviously that's going to happen because of the viral nature of it. it. It just gets people to watch the stick drop. I said has helped a ton where it's just people are curious. It's freaking emphatic. It's exciting. They're like, why do they get to do that? Why isn't there a penalty? What is that sport? But also I want to say it's special for the teams. Like when they get mic'd up and they have a feature on social media, they feel special. It makes them feel good. It makes them play better. It makes them feel like they're they're worth it because they are. You know, it's just giving them attention and the attention that they deserve and, you know, promoting their awesomeness. I just think you just cannot go wrong with that. So, yeah, BC has done a, a wonderful job. I think, um, you know, as I said, Lehigh has really stepped up. Loyola has done a great job for, for years. Um, at, let's at be real. Some, some of these places like Lehigh, they don't have 50 people like like. I don't know how many Boston College has, but they have more. If you have, if yeah. you have football, you have more people behind the scenes. So, um, Leah does not have an army of social media people. So, whoever's doing that has is taking great pride in their work. And and you know, it, it's not an easy job doing social media stuff. Um, it, it takes a lot of time, and but it, it is it is cool, especially when they're doing it for every other sport on campus. Then you really need to be doing it. Um, for your women's cross team and that's where we're here yeah. for but it, it's and I was, so I was much better every year so much better and you can tell too it's like when they're getting better too it also look at what happened this year we have more programs being awesome on social media now we have more people in women's lacrosse covering it and so yeah. that's the domino effect too it's like you know you become you know more cool you're more exciting you're showing the personalities and it's showing everything and then Maryland, you know, Maryland women's lacrosse, they have Lizzie Colson, I believe, doing their vlogs. So they're doing vlogs. You know, it's kind of like Katie DeFeo. It's like they're they're putting themselves out there. I think she's running it. She's one of the best defenders in the country. You're also just seeing how multi-talented these student athletes are. I mean, they are just yeah, so that, well, impressive. That's a pretty good point. I, <laughs> I, there's times during the season where I'll just take a step back and be like, man, these kids are doing so much. They are really talented. They're 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 doing really great things in school, community service, playing, you know, a division leadership one, roles, three, whatever, yeah. whatever. Mu- they're they're musical. They're this. Yeah. They're that. I mean, there's there's yeah. so much. You know, they're they're just pillars of society. So impressive. But you're right. Well, that's it, a great lax talk about it. And I could I could talk about that every week just because it is super we'll cool and it, it makes it. A, makes a huge difference. All right, exactly. so. You know, after this, we're just jumping right into some some Division Three stories. So we have, you know, some upset alerts. So Montclair State beat TCNJ ten to nine. So that's a that's a big upset. We had Colby beating Wesleyan. NESCAC just started playing. They beat Wesleyan ten to seven. That was um, Wesleyan was ranked sixth. Colby is ranked twelve. 
Not a big Nescat guy over here. Not a big Nescat guy. Not surprising. Over it. Over there. Over their whole word. Over the hype. Over the hype. I I like the who beat the other scrum and beat you to it. That one I was shocked at. Messiah beat York. Yeah, that's my last one. So Cortland beat St. John Fisher. Cortland beat St. John Fisher six to three. Talk about a low scoring game. And that was was 22. That's a big, that's a nine ranking versus 22. Was it Um, freezing cold? But six, three, that, that doesn't happen anymore. I was shocked and surprised, but St. John Fisher has had some low scores. They had some low, they had a low score with William Smith. I wasn't necessarily, I mean, they are good. I was not impressed. I didn't think they were exciting. I think, you know, they have a lot of pieces to work on. So they're always good you know, and they have yeah. been for a while, but, um, I was surprised by the score just because Cortland had only just beat Clarkson by one and they only beat new Paltz by one. So that's either, you know, those teams are getting a lot better, obviously, but that was surprising who beat, who for them. Paltz by one? Cortland only beat new Paltz by one. Cortland beat new Paltz 18 to 17 and, you wow. know, Cortland beat Clarkson 12 to 11, not, not a surprise with Clarkson, but I think new Paltz, no, Hey, that's new awesome. Paltz, um, their coach's name is Keith. I've worked some events with him. He really, you know, He's, he's a great weirdo. So whatever he's doing, good for him, but he's really weird. I love him though. Um, it, it's every couple of years. Well, like Fredonia did it like 10 years ago. They pop up out of nowhere because, you know, they get a good group of kids and it's a SUNY. And as we've talked about on the show, New York state's more than likely the best state for lacrosse. I'm going, going to go ahead and say it is. It um, is. It is. And then, so uh, every once in a while, senior school, that score I didn't see though. I missed that in the crack somewhere. So I so that, shocked. Me. Yeah, I, I was shocked. I, I was shocked just because of the other scores, and I was you know just a little worried because you know they had lost to Ithaca initially. But you know what? Again, the year of COVID chaos, and I feel like Division three, just like Division one, is having a lot of upsets and a lot of interesting scores or things you wouldn't expect. I'm not seeing that as much with Division two, but again, I've been out of that world for quite some time. And I've obviously been paying more attention to D3 and D1. Um, and then, yeah, Messiah beat York today, 14 to eight. So Messiah yeah. is 10 and 0 on the season. They were doing, they did well last year and they were ranked and, you know, Messiah was ranked 20. York was ranked six. I don't necessarily know if that ranking was warranted just because it was based on last year and not, they weren't playing as much this year, but Messiah, holy wow. Yeah, I was going to add, York's been in that top 10 the last few, what, four or five years now? Because, like, when they first got in, I was shocked. I was like, what? And I had to even, like, Google the school. I'm like, like, York, PA? I didn't even really know the school that well. And I'm like, and, and I don't, I think it's a small school. I think it's, like, 400 kids. Um, so that coach is doing a heck of a job. But as I'm on their box score right now, this is kind of what we talked about earlier. Messiah's 9-0. They, so they played a few they more They played games. a lot. Yeah, they're 9-0. They, they got their games in. Uh, but and to your point even earlier, they, so they have one kid got five assists, no goals, one shot. Well, she's the X. Um, and then they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, two goal scores. Wow. wow. Yeah, yeah, I mean that that's seven. really that's really hard to beat. No one on their team scored more than two goals and they had four they had 14 goals and they had seven scored two goals. That's that I I love that style of offense. I really do. I I love it. And then the feeders, the, the, the cherry on top. You got somebody sitting back there getting some of these people those looks. Yeah. So um, those are some fun stats. I'm excited about that. I think, you know, also, you know, didn't mention it in the previous shows, but Meredith, you know, they had a big win over Roanoke. They're going to be playing a game soon, but they got into the top 25 as well. That coach has done a phenomenal job, but they had a big win. There's just been a lot of circular wins going on too, but that was, that was huge for their program. Shout out Meredith lacrosse. Um, we played them in the NCAA tournament. I think the, the Avenging Angels is that correct? Yeah. So that's all women's school. Avenging um, Angels. It, they are the Avenging Angels. I'm on their website right now, and it's it's all women's school. They're seven and one. The one loss was in Lynchburg, uh, but it is because I was like, wait, how do you guys pull this off? Like it's again, it's a real small school, and their coach is really good and one of the better offensive coaches I've coached against in the last ten years. They, they just do really a good job of getting kids to play well together. Um, but they're across the street from like NC state. I think they're downtown Raleigh. Did you ever see yeah, they have a good there? partnership with that? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's Lauren Scott. Um, they got a high powered offense down there. They've been good for a while now. And you know, when I, as a coach really know that a program's legit, 
I think is they've gone through a couple of cycles of recruits, right? It's not just, yep. they didn't just get lucky with one kid, which is, which is great, but they've been, they've been sustaining excellence. They've been consistent and they've been really building, you know, and growing. Right. Yeah. So super, super impressive. And there's, you know, again, there's a lot of, a lot more lacrosse to be had. I think, yeah, NESCACs just started playing and then, you know, more, te- almost everyone is now playing their game. So it's really exciting to see that and see how that unfolds. And again, a lot of, a lot of upsets, a lot of confusion, obviously there's going to be a ton of shifting in the rankings, like for the IWLCA coaches poll, just because it's really hard to vote for a while, just because of that disparity in games played and also like basing it off of last year, not really knowing that much, the postponements. So super exciting. And then for division two, you know, Queens gave limestone their first loss of the season with a nine, eight score today. So Queens was ranked six and limestone was 13 It's one goal game. You know, they're like 45 minutes apart. They, they've built a rivalry. So, you know, I think that's, you know, I was, <laughs> I was rooting for limestone. 45 minutes from downtown Charlotte. Yeah. Come on. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. Or like, yeah, it's like an hour. Look it up. Look it up. If what, you speed. What, limestone and like Gavinery. What was that yeah. show where the where that giant? It's House from? of Cards. It's House of yeah. Cards. So his character was yeah. from Gaffney, South Carolina. But oh, yeah, um, it's Gaffney, it's upstate South Carolina. It's basically on the border of North Carolina. There's a school called Upstate South Carolina, right? Is, is there? there? No. Yeah, it's a school. Is it's there? Upstate. I'll Google oh it. Right now, Google the, the, the Google yeah, Maps. I, yeah, Google it's an. Maps. It's. I mean, if you. Yeah, it's it's close. Um, maybe it's an hour. I don't know. It's been how many Talk years? about sustained excellence. Limestone has has also had a sustained run. Of, yeah, they 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 have been consistent since Scott Tucker has been there. So he's been super impressive. I think the you know, un- unbelievable what he's done. He's a really excellent recruiter, retainer, and you know he's he always has systems, good systems. He's always changing it up too. So I've always been impressed with him. I like and then um, always changing it up is important always changing up. And I think he does a good job too with, you know, creating things for the personnel and for the talent. You know, he's done, done a right. good job at that 50 too. 50 minutes from Charlotte. I thought it was a lot further away. I'm just so uh, glad that I was right because I lived there. <laughs> and I you did it. I thought it was one of those, like you just throw it out there, but it's, it's actually like an hour and a half, you know. Oh Canada, yeah. Here, Honestly. It's from Hamilton. You, you did know, make me question my my own existence. I was confused for a second. Yeah, I was like, maybe I don't remember. Um, you know, and in other news, UND became the leader in Division Two in the IWLCA coaches poll. So now they are I number saw that. one. Who did they beat? Why did they get? They didn't. One? There wasn't a. It just flipped. Um, okay. And then Lindawood is two. Lemoyne is three. Florida Southern is four. I, I'm, I'm going to be excited. To watch that unfold. Lemoyne ended up, we talked about them playing in Delphi. So Lemoyne ended up like smoking them. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know what? I, they played really well. I will say, like, you know, that was, um, now I'm blanking. That was a Delphi's first game. They had so many postponements. I feel like they almost postponed that game. I think they've had a, a, a crap shoot with, they with lost their... 14 to three that game. Yeah. It's hard. Like th- that first game. We were talking about an office today. Our first game this year. I mean, we haven't played a game in over a year. We didn't have any scrimmages. Like, it, it's nuts. It's definitely a different. Uh, you gotta yeah. have a different perspective going into it. And refs are yeah. whistles that aren't whistles. Like they're they're trying to wait. That that is some we got to say for lax talk about it. Yeah, yeah let's do that next week. Push, the push <laughs> button whistle. It, or try, well, that changes everything. Play, wait till you play a game where nobody knows whistles blown. And everybody's oh, just running around, and, and they just sometimes it's a big deal, sometimes it's not. Um, so that is interesting. Well, it's yeah. going to be very different at Division Three, so can't wait. Oh, um, but yeah, is this is this? It's not super common for a one and a two to flip with no upsets or games or anything that created that. So I thought that was fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was just kind of like, all right, who did beat? And I, I was like, okay, but one vote, vote votes, voting's important, as we've learned. Voting is important, but also, yeah, it is, it's definitely, I mean, it, it's hard to vote this year. It's always hard to vote, but it's definitely, there's just some. on that committee? you still voting? Yeah. I, sometimes I do it. Sometimes I forget. Whoops. Cause it, go, it goes into my junk email. And then when you're on the West coast, you have to like submit it by like East coast time. And then I forget, but 
you know, Sarah and I will text sometimes. We mostly do it. And then whoops, forgot that one. Is she doing it too? Yeah, both of us across the street from each other, both voting on the D3 poll. Nice. Isn't that great? Yeah. They've been putting up pictures of kids who would be freshmen on their team this year. I just feel bad for them not getting to play. But we can relax talk about that later. Um, where oh, are we gosh. at? We, we skipping now the we're just, this week? We skipping out west? We're, yeah, we're skipping it. Um, we yeah, had a lot to cover because we had a bye week. So Wait till I mean, high school starting up. Um, I mean – the 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 news in Pac-12 would be Arizona State and the you know Colorado Boulder they split. Love a split. That's all I got. Yeah, I just got you know, Stanford leading that league. I'm on their website. They still just how uh, many games do they play now? Five. They played six. Now six, only and six. I, and, yeah. I, and they postponed. Um, they're supposed to play Boulder this weekend. That game's canceled. Um, so yeah, they 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 look like I mean they're they're six and zero, they're four and zero in the Pac twelve, and uh, but how many games they can get in? So interesting stuff. Um, yeah, they had yeah. postponed, canceled, canceled. I mean, yeah, and it's I mean it's so funny too because I'm just like an observer, but I'm like, gosh, it is so hard to keep track who's postponed, who's canceled. You know the websites are challenging, so you got to do a lot of googling. But it's like I can't. I mean, it's easy for me to Google. I don't have to experience it with those teams. But sure. it's. I mean, it's like you know, you go to one website, it's not updated. You go to the other one, it isn't. You go to thank gosh for Twitter and Instagram because they do a good job at making the graphics and just saying it. So yeah, it's it, we're just so used to it now. But seeing, you know, you'll look for a score and then there'll be like other oh, sport games that didn't happen. Um, yeah, because they all yeah, and you don't know. If, they're postponed earlier or later because sometimes you know we've had there's games up there that were I think were canceled before the season and they're still yeah. staying up inside the cross schedule but right um, and then you just don't know oh is it postponed or is it canceled and then it's like is it my business to know which one I don't know <laughs> yeah and you don't want to pry too much because yeah I, I 100% no doubt about it um, I think it's really good to not you know to not make assumptions and not be like a gossiping person it's just like to accept it as it is that's what I've been working on just oh okay and on to the next one there was a season I really didn't think there was going to be a season I'm one. shocked yeah. I'm shocked that so few teams aren't playing and I'm one of those teams yeah, like it is sorry, sorry you know that you'll, you'll love it so much more next year you'll be back stronger than ever <laughs> Um, All right. Well, well, to finalize too and finish the show, you know, and this might be a surprise to everyone. The game I'm looking forward to the most this weekend, I'm just going to share one is Meredith at St. Mary's, Maryland. So I'm really excited to watch that game. St. Mary's is ranked. Meredith is ranked. Um, there's been a fun circle of people beating each other. Um, yeah. And I'm super excited for that matchup. Bryce, I feel like I know the games that you're excited for. What are they? Me? Well, we're going to play UConn, uh, so I'm excited for that. They're, they're real strong, 8-2 eight, eight and two right now. They're undefeated in the Big East, and, and so are we. So that's going to be a really fun matchup. We haven't traveled in a year, um, so we're just excited to get on the road with the team and eat some eat some uh, East Coast food, uh, pizza, uh, pizza wings. And, and I heard uh, you texted our, our brother-in-law, Frank, to find out about food in Hartford. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't have any good – uh he's like i can ask somebody else for let me know i got one of those uh i was like okay. Where, where'd you where'd dave, you love dave dave's from hartford no frank's from near hartford dave's did he not, have any tips none born and raised born and raised he's like oh you know um uh, i don't know and so then i text the old hartford coach um long gone he, he runs nxt lacrosse and he gave me a couple spots but he's like your time's a charm yeah, so he yeah, we, we like to get after it, you know, like eating on the road is is really fun, especially when you're not when I was like at SUNY Binghamton, we had six dollars per player for a meal. So that was tough. But that's what I experienced. So it's in and out. From you at, yeah, and in and out last year, Kurt. And in and out still one of the best pictures I've ever seen. Um, I really miss in and out. We have it here in Colorado now. I still haven't gone because it's the big weights. Yeah, big weights, but well, I'm I'm glad you finally got food wrecks and you know, good luck this weekend. And I'm also just super excited to just scroll and see whatever game looks exciting or wherever Twitter sends me, I'm gonna go. 
That's what I've been doing. You're doing a great job with the with the highlights. Um, it, it saves me a ton of time. Like we'll be traveling in the airports this weekend. I can't watch a full game a lot of the times, and I'll get on Women's Lax World Instagram, and I can get real caught up real quick. So I appreciate you doing that. Um, I will do it. I will do it as long as I can until I get that email from ESPN or ACC or the Big Ten telling me to stop doing it. So I will do it as long as I, I can. I don't know if this is true, but I've heard if you put something on it, it becomes yours. So if like you like draw an arrow on it, all your clips or something, maybe that's what you do. I don't know. I don't think they care right now. I think you, I'm you, honestly you, just you, totally cool with seeing where it goes, you know, and then otherwise I'll just live tweet with, with gifts. So it's like, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'll be like Kyle Devin and I'll just like give really wonderful analysis of each play he's very impressive at it so i want him to do some women's games i'm gonna keep dm i'm gonna start dming him yeah some of these guys posting about some of these games are watching i'm like yeah ben state or what or hopkins was that right i'm just gonna start doing that every time i'd be like hey did you know that this team is playing right now i i I love i (laughs) there's so many games on though so i understand that well, I referenced Bubba earlier and I was like, how many games have you watched this year? He's like, I've watched almost every Q's game, women's been talking. And he's like, and, and I've watched a lot of Northwestern because he's got the Big Ten network too. So he's like, like, so um he's like, it's all like, and we've we've been talking about it. these some of these conferences are putting it out more, so you're seeing it more, and it is catching people's attention. So yeah. and, um, all right. Well, this was fun. Great, great to be back after bye week. We've had guests asking to come on, but it's hard to coordinate everybody's schedules, so maybe we'll third wheel it sometime soon. Maybe not. It is, but also it's like you know we'll see what happens. I don't know. That's the magic of women's lax rules. You just you don't know what's going to happen next. You don't know what, what rules going to change. You don't know what's going to happen on social media. It's just a beautiful mystery that we've been gifted. Um, well, thank you. How long do we go? Too, too long again, but that's okay. I think it's good to keep failing. And then to just, you know, get better. I don't know if 20 minutes is better. I like talking about I can't do 20 minutes because I prep for three hours with stats. Yeah, you had some good stats today. That's that's what takes forever. But you know what? It's fun. Love women's lacrosse. There's a lot going on. Um, Good good luck. It's been a good season. It's been a great season. And you know, it's been a great season. It's been it's really exciting. Season. And I hope it continues in the future where there's a lot of upsets as well and some exciting scores. So it, it's been a heck of a season. I think the, ter- the tournament's going to be wild. Um, as long as we can get there healthy, it's going to be wild for everybody. Um, well, watch I agree. All of it. Yeah. COVID chaos and also just the beautiful growth of the game. Um, well, thank you to everyone listening, watching, and thank you, Bryce, for being being with us again, us meaning me. And good luck this weekend and lots of lacks to everyone. XOXO. Love. Thanks for tuning in and supporting Women's Lacks World. We appreciate you and make sure to tune in next week for a brand new episode.